Welcome to episode 142 of Coffee Pods and Wads. As always, sponsored by Rain Bodyfield, the ultimate fitness focused drink to support your performance, and sponsored by BirdboxCoachDevelopment.com, which will help you develop as a coach in a personal sense through self discovery while learning academically about the psychological uh, side of coaching. You can use code PODS for 20% off that. Uh, today's episode is with Adam Clink. We chat about going from goalie to coaching and training in um, Krypton, giving it up to move to Texas with his growing family, taking on a sub five minute mile and five hundred pound back squat in the same day, and his intentions to blow that out of the water this time around. Enjoy, listen, share, and tag. So, listen, thanks so much for doing this. First of all, um, I really appreciate you taking the time out. This is like, yeah, it's been a long time coming. I think I make it, I make it like eight months where we where we first were like, yeah, let's do it. And then like, so we, we've got here, we've got here in the end. Um, so I really appreciate you coming on. Um, you're like, you have two kids and you're, you've got like a, a busy businessman type job and then like you train hard and you compete. So like the logical assumption would be that you like are heavily reliant on coffee, right? Right. You would think so. <laughs> you don't drink coffee at all. No, back backstory is you messaged me and you were asking a little bit bit about coffee. And I was like, man, I'm going to be one of your least favorite guests on your show because I don't like coffee. I like, I I honestly just don't prefer the taste of of coffee. And a lot of people are going to want to punch me because of that. But I like, I wake up at 5am and I down a pre-workout. And then I don't know. I think I just, I like carbonation and I like energy drinks like I loved soda growing up and I don't drink soda anymore so I like uh I can justify like a zero sugar energy drink like to kind of fill that void in my life now would you ever have like um like you know you can make like coffee lemonade where you have like it's like sparkling water and like coffee although I suppose you don't like to taste coffee that's yeah I I like I like stuff that tastes like artificial and like chemicals <laughs> i like my e-numbers <laughs> what flavor yeah, is it but, blue <laughs> but i mean i'll tell you the the amount of caffeine i was consuming when i we, we just had our second child i was training for semifinals. we just moved across the country started a new eight to five job yeah and i think i was drinking two pre-workouts and two energy drinks a day yeah and that was just for the kids <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was because I mean, I was training at five in the morning and nine o'clock at night. I mean, that was when I, I trained before and after the kids went to bed. Yeah, it's not easy to do that. So I, to- I find if I sit down, it's like, do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where the it's a heat wave and the aircon doesn't work and Homer's sitting on the couch. And he has to pee himself off the couch. I feel like that if I sit, if, if Sloan's gone to bed and I sit down, even just for 20 seconds, it's so hard to stand back up. It's very hard. And I sit with my, well, like sit in a chair and I'll sit with him for like 10 minutes before I put our two and a half year old down. But like that time that I'm sitting there, like I want to do nothing after that. Like I'm, I'm on the verge of just like falling asleep when I'm sitting in the chair with him. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the late night training sessions are definitely tough. Yeah. I know I'm friends with, um, you know, Brandon Swan in Australia. He's, he's the same. He's, um, yeah, I just, I like, I, I just find it, I find it mind-boggling what people can do. Like, you know, the the capabilities of athletes and like people at that level. Like, it never cease to amaze me how, like, you know, when you're watching the games or even like watching, like, say, the semifinals, and you're like, 
I couldn't even come close to what the very last person, I couldn't come close to what the person who didn't qualify for this can do. And you see that there's that gap between like, say that and first place or whatever. And then when I think of even like the drive it would take to be getting up at 5 a.m. to be like, well, better go train when it's like, you know, you can just not do that. Like you can just stay in bed. You can just not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but no, No, I mean, it is. And and I'm, I'm not a games athlete and I like, I have those same feelings between myself and the people who are at the games. Like Mm. it's just a whole another level that just, doesn't seem fathomable to me sometimes yeah it's really hard it's like when someone tells you to picture like a million dollars in a pile you'll never picture the right amount like you'll never picture the right size it's really hard to like visualize the difference in like realizing that human potential between one person and another obviously dna and everything comes into it as well but it's just it's crazy i think um so i was looking up you you've appeared on quite a few podcasts you're probably my most one of my most podcasted guests Uh, today i think um just from a quick scan of like itunes and stuff and then like uh the company so bpn that you work for they have their own in-house uh podcast as well um is that something like do you think is that something that you've grown comfortable in doing is it something that you're uh have always been comfortable with or is it something you still have to kind of like psych yourself up to do i have to psych myself up a little bit but i think so energy drinks again yeah energy drinks (laughs) exactly i was a very poor public speaker and I didn't enjoy it. I was scared to speak in public, but I think coaching at a gym for eight eight years really helped me be able to talk to anybody and everybody. And I think that's really helped. So um, I didn't get start. uh, I didn't start getting hit up for podcasts like this until I hit that five and 500. And then it was like, everybody wanted to do a podcast. Oh, I haven't even heard about that. Yeah. That's where, that's where all the podcasts came from. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then, yeah, we have our, bpn podcast that i've been on a couple of times and i'm sure i'll continue to be on that as we continue to grow yeah um social media then is something so it's enormous these days for like building a brand or you know a, 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 like a any kind of company who is on social media there there's something missing there like and then for athletes as well especially in crossfit where it isn't really a professional sport outside of the top one or two percent like you're role the role that you've taken up at bpn sort of combines those two aspects where the person wants to grow their brand and then the company wants to grow, grow their brand and then if they can work together like so the the partnership aspect i suppose are, like are you enjoying the new role i love this new role and it, it was a great next step in my career it still allows me to be in the fitness space i'm obviously a crossfit junkie so um i i kind of have that tie and i appreciate those athletes um but yeah, it's, it's different. It, it is crazy how much social media and especially Instagram is the business. I mean, BPN is a direct to consumer company. So basically all our advertising is done through social media and people just buy directly from our website. So it, it plays a huge factor in the people we work with and how we advertise. And we literally, you can't see it, but right out to my right, we have a whole big room of a team of six uh, media personnel. And that, like, that's all they do. We just make content and we have one social media manager and we just crank content all day. Yeah. You can't see it, but here I've got uh, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. hey, you're doing pretty well. Then, man. <laughs> um, there's a, 
like I was looking through the there was a lot of announcements recently with uh, newer uh, ambassadors coming on or newer partnerships starting I guess um and like it's really hard to spot a common link like usually with some companies it's really easy to spot oh they clearly go for that type of person or that sport or that whatever but you've got like so many different backgrounds and different personalities was that a conscious decision and then is there a specific trait that you look for in the people that you approach yeah so that's definitely conscious there's a lot of supplement companies that kind of hone in on a specific sport or a specific look where we want to be all encompassing appeal to the masses and we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves say in crossfit because then you're limited to really just crossfitters or we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves in just bodybuilding because those are all the people you're appealing to well, we make a lot of just general health supplements that I feel that anybody can take and get a benefit from. For example, like our greens and our reds and our multivitamin and our joint support. And we're coming out with some other products as well. Um, so needless to say, when we pick ambassadors, we try to pick people from all walks of life. And like some of them are professional athletes. We have MLB, MLS uh nfl players as uh, ambassadors and athletes but then we also have doctors and triathletes and lawyers and teachers and and everybody in between but i think a a common trait and a lot of people have this in them but it's it's we're looking for people who lead inspire and educate their community who also fit in with that that like go one more mentality that's like our that's our slogan like that's nike's just do it ours is ours is go one more and that was something that Nick Bear created, but is so applicable to everybody, you know, especially in athletics, whether or not you said go one more, you said some sort of phrase in your head while you were working out at some point in your life when things got tough to just keep going. Um, and so I think that's why the brand resonates with so many people. Yeah. Go one more sounds better than my line that I say when I'm training of nobody cares. You can just stop. <laughs> 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 that could be, I mean, that could very easily be a brand. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't sound much. Um, <laughs> you uh, you played soccer in college. Um, you were a, a goalkeeper. I said soccer for your benefit there. Yeah. Um, how, like, how good were you? Like, were you were you close to like coming out of college and keeping doing it? In in my head, in college, one, I went to school for soccer. I didn't go to school for a degree. And so in my head, I was going to go to the MLS combine, get a tryout, play wherever I could after college. And I actually got too many concussions, too many concussions over the course of my career. I know it sounds crazy, but um, I got two back to back my fourth year. I stayed fifth, uh, five years because I redshirted a year. So I was going to stay and play an extra year. Um, I actually ended up, I couldn't play my last year. So Nobody will ever know how, how good I was or how you good could have said play. anything there. You could have said like, I, I had 10 have... contracts lined up. Sure. I, but unfortunately, I <laughs> and what were, were yeah. the concussions from like landing or like elbows or corners and stuff like that? Yeah. Like co- contact with other players. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, my worst concussion was actually in high school and I woke up in the hospital that night. I lost my short term memory and I dropped out of school for half a year. Jesus. <laughs> So I guess I'm really a high school dropout. Like I, I guess I never technically finished high school, but they let me go to college. So look at you now. Look at me now. <laughs> uh, were you always active growing up? Like was soccer your your main focus all the time, or did you do lots of stuff? 
I played a bunch of sports. I played football, basketball, ran track, played soccer. But I feel like by the time you get to like your junior, senior year, you gravitate towards the sport you're best at, especially like if you want to play in college at the best at the next level. So yeah. I gravitated towards soccer and just ended up going that route. But yeah, sport, sports all my life. And because my career got cut short, like I wasn't ready to be done being competitive. And that's why CrossFit just fit into my life so well. Um, the fact that I could be competitive, but also it wasn't a context. No one's going to hit you in the head. Exactly. <laughs> um, had you been doing CrossFit while there was no overlap there, was there? Uh, very little. So yeah. when I was training to go into college, I trained at a Navy base. My dad was in the Navy and I was like, Oh, I want to do a trainer. And she was like, all right, well, I trained CrossFit or I don't even know if she called it CrossFit at the time. So I, I had a little bit of exposure to, we can call it more functional training. Like, I don't even think they called it CrossFit there. They weren't it affiliated. Like, it's, it's like, it's like I did a few workouts yeah, yeah. and like back then I would do one of her workouts and then I literally had to rest for two days. Cause I was just so trashed. So I was doing it like, you know, two to three days a week. Um, yeah. How did you get involved in it? Like, was it just that, the memory of doing that, that you were like, oh, I remember I did that thing. That would be something that I should look into now. So actually I have this really good friend and he just so happened to be a CrossFit Games athlete. We went to high school together and his name is Ben Smith. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who? We, we were in the same grade at, uh, for high school. And when it was I him that knocked you out, <laughs> no, it wasn't him, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I just kind of remembered, I was like, ah, oh, my buddy is doing this thing called CrossFit. Let me check it out. And I kind of reached out to him and I started doing it on my own. There was a gym right off of campus. So I would go there a couple of days a week. I'd do what I could like in the school gym. And I started back when it was, I'll say relatively easy to make regionals. Um, back when they took like 48 people per region when there were 17 regions. And like, I literally came from high level college athletics right into doing CrossFit. So I had a baseline of strength and endurance that are higher than a lot of people when they get started. So um, I think I qualified in like 44th place and went to regionals that first year. And like, I got crushed. <laughs> I had no, no clue what I was doing on, on some of the workouts, uh, but it was an awesome experience. But throughout that time and getting into CrossFit and going through the open, I would go home and visit my parents and I actually went home for winter break that year and Ben had just opened CrossFit Krypton in the first month that CrossFit Krypton was open I got a one month membership and I remember the workout was like we did like a three rep max deadlift and then an all out 500 meter row for time and I remember I did it in the brand new gym rolled off the rower and threw up on the ramp and that was my first workout at CrossFit Krypton. But throughout that, um, our relationship grew a lot more. And uh, Ben, one weekend when I was home, said, hey, what are you doing after college? And I said, I don't know. Like, I'll probably be a soccer coach, probably stay up in New Jersey. Um, I had the potential to be the goalkeeper coach for Rutgers. Um, so the soccer route, and he was like, well, I really need some help here because we're adding classes and I just can't do this all by myself and train for the game. So do you want to come coach with me? And I said, sure. So I actually, I skipped my graduation 
for college to compete at regionals. And then the next day I was at, I drove down to Virginia and I was at CrossFit Krypton and I coached there for eight years as their head coach. Yeah, it's crazy. That Wild. Pu- puking on <laughs> lead. <laughs> so if anyone wants to get a job in coaching, well, you should, here's the track, here's a proven track that you should take. Um, you, uh, it's remarkable really like the, so you were at like six regionals and yeah. improved it must be one of the only people who improved every single time on their previous. <laughs> if you basic. look at it, it's funny though. It's very slowly. Oh yeah. Like so, it's incremental improvement, but improvement is improvement. Improvement's improvement. Um, well, you had a big yeah. jump the last year, 2018, you, had, you jumped up to seventh, but there and that was... was just because there were two really good workouts in there for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, I always took the approach. Like I was very privileged to be the head coach of Ben's gym. So like, that was my job first and foremost competing yeah. in crossfit was never my i never considered crossfit as a sport my job so i would make sure that i always put all of my effort and as much time as i could into coaching and the members at the gym and that's what i was really truly passionate about and then whatever other time and energy i had i put into my training and as the years went on it got less and less like it used when I first got to cross a Krypton, it was literally, I would coach a class, Ben and I would work out. Ben would coach a class, we would work out. I would coach a class and that would just be like constant all day. So we'd just be working out just all day, every day. And then we started having more classes, started having kids. And so um, I always kind of prided myself on being happy with where I was at, with everything else I had going on in my life, because like CrossFit wasn't my full-time job like I wasn't CrossFit as a sport and I wasn't getting paid to compete in CrossFit so I've always been really proud of that especially from 2018 on um 2018 we were pregnant with our first um so from then on everything I've been able to do especially since having kids I've been really proud of do you think you're better because of that the leaderboard will say yeah um but I think it does having kids and having a full-time job, it does something. And I'm sure you've heard this from a lot of athletes when they made that transition in life or had kids that like you become better with time management and you're more diligent with the shorter time that you have in the gym or to train. Um, I remember just being at the gym for almost all day, every day when I had close to no responsibilities other than coaching a few classes. But then when I have, when I know I only have an hour or an hour and a half to train, like, you're in, you're hitting it hard, you're focused and you're out. And, you know, a lot of times getting more intensity out of those workouts. So I think I got smarter with my training. As it probably took went. pressure off as well, because it's like, yeah, because it I doesn't think, go well. You've got a pretty legitimate reason why you've got other, like a lot of other stressors and a lot of other, you know, like uh, energy expenditure points or whatever. Like even I'm thinking of like Can Porter last year was like, I'm going to just see what happens. Like he wasn't, he just kind of pumped the brakes a bit and like, yep. you know, coasted a little bit was like, you know, I'm not going to go at the level I have been in the past because it's not sustainable. And f- he had his most enjoyable, what looked like his most enjoyable season and he's on the demo team. Yeah. 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 Just, I, the, I, the pressure is chronic. I think. I, I, I agree. I think the, the lack of pressure and just being able to go out there and enjoy yourself on the competition floor um, between 2018 and then the semifinals this year like I, I couldn't have asked for it to go any better with the yeah. training I was able to put in do you think it would have um obviously if you 
if someone else had asked, you might have turned down the job, I guess, um, because you had a, a sort of path in your head of where you were going. But do you think if, you know, Ben had asked you to do that and then he decided to sell up and someone else took over, do you think you, your your path would have stayed the same? Like, do you think you would have lasted as long at Krypton, like if it wasn't with him? No, I was I was there for for Ben. Um, yeah. that, I mean, the Smith family, Ben and his family, like they're they're like my second family. Uh, they've taken care of me really well. And it's honestly one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life to leave Krypton and come take on a new role here with a, with a different company. Um, I always said that I would stay at Krypton, um, you know, until I needed something more in my life, meaning to take care of my family. And I just, as the family continued to grow, um, I just happened to get this opportunity that kind of set us up for the future. Um, but yeah, I think if Ben wasn't the owner, I, I say that, but I don't know. I could have a very similar relationship with somebody else, you know, and be close. But, um, yeah, no, but I, I mean, I would have done anything for Ben. Yeah. When you're, um, you said that your dad was in the Navy. Was that, was there a lot of moving then? Or was that, was it a, a station, a stationary base? He was uh, early on was a lot of moving. Um, I don't remember a couple of the places we lived, but we settled down. I was in eighth grade and we landed in Virginia. And that's where Ben kind of settled down. His dad was in the Navy also. His dad looks like he was in the Navy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I haven't seen your dad, but his dad really looks like naval. Fun fact for you. Do you know that Ben's dad, Chuck Smith, was a Heisman candidate for, he played for Navy, the Naval Academy. And the Mm -hmm. only reason he didn't go into the NFL is because he had to serve his country. Shit. But I mean, he was he, he was a running back and he was one of the best players in the nation. Yeah. It's a pity he didn't pass on any of his athleticism to uh, no, they kids. get it, they they get it all from their mom. <laughs> you um yeah, it's like yeah, I can't see my dad was a farmer, so it was like there was never like he was never not at home. Like he was never not like if I was away, I knew he was at home. And then yeah. You know, if he if he was if he wasn't in the house, he was just out like just outside somewhere. Um, I mean, if he needed a lift somewhere, inevitably he was like the furthest possible point away and like had no phone or anything to contact him. But yeah, it's it's an interesting I've always been fascinated with that uh that military family uh dynamic because like especially with Americans, they have this like ingrained uh kind of pride and military and like the, the serving the country and like protect and serve and all that kind of stuff and you know like there must have been times though where it was just like and maybe not i guess if you if you can't remember a lot of the early movie maybe not so much but there must have been times where it was just kind of like oh forget it like can we not just stay here and just not move again like your is your job that important like yeah i mean there there were times when i was younger um i remember a move or two like in elementary middle school where we would just be i remember like driving out of the driveway to move wherever we were. And me and my sisters were just like bawling our eyes out because we didn't want to leave our friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, again, we were young though. It's like, you know, other than missing friendships, um, it really wasn't that bad. But I think it makes your family stronger and closer knit. And I think a lot of those military families are, are pretty darn close. And I've seen that from Ben's family as well, because 
at the end of the day, when you move from place to place, like all you have is yeah. each other. So that's a kind of a cool aspect of being a military family is I think it brings your family a lot closer. Do you think that informs your own uh, parenting of like, say I mentioned earlier on that you took a job that, you know, came with angst of leaving a job you were happy in that came with more like long-term security, I guess. I mean, that's exactly why I made the move. And I mean, the the people here at BPN and the culture and especially Nick Bear, like that's how much it says about this company I'm with now that I left Ben to do something like this. Um, you know, I, I respect the heck out of everybody here and, and they're like family. And um, I mean, that's the reason why I left is I, is I found something very comparable to the place I was, I was in the, the cultures are super similar. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you get to a point in your life where, you know, you got to decide like, Hey, you know, I can't be selfish anymore. And I can't keep playing around. Not that I was playing around, but you know, part of my time was dedicated to training and at some point you got to take care of uh, li- little mouths, you know, you know that. They never give back like financially. They just, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think it's like twenty or thirty years before that happens, and I think it's like it's pretty minimal. <laughs> Someone told me that you lose six months of sleep in the first two years of like child rearing, so that's why we had two so close because it was like, well, shit, let's just use a year in four instead of like what, let's just cram it into one period of time instead of spreading it. Out. Yeah. yeah, but she's um she's recently uh, realized how to tap. You know, your uh, credit card or ATM card can tap in the shop on the car machine yeah. so she insists if we go for a coffee or whatever she insists on like yeah, tapping the card um she's never put any money on the card <laughs> she never never goes the other way she never she hasn't earned a cent but she'll spend it um so yeah someday i'm going to use that as an excuse with my wife like if she's like where did this come from I'm like uh oh, sloan must have tapped the card when i wasn't <laughs> looking and bought it so look we're stuck with it now there's no returns dude you're um, in big trouble if she's already spending your money like that yeah but she's did buying I, me coffee with it so oh yeah is yeah. did it having a girl make you a big softy um no i think um it's interesting i was really uh awkward about changing her nappy for the first while because i was like this is weird <laughs> i don't know why it would have been any less weird if there's a penis there but it's still yeah. it's still like this is odd <laughs> um but yeah you obviously have to get over that quickly um no i think she's kind of a uh like a bit of a tomboy so i think that maybe like softened it a bit for me like i'm not particularly masculine anyway like as you can probably tell but i'm not like um you know i'm not big into like masculinity or you know i'm not like you know i wouldn't be a grunt one word answer kind of dad anyway so i think like i'm wary of what i'm going to be like when she's like 16 like her mom is beautiful like and she appears to have gotten none of my genetics at all because uh, like she is my <laughs> wife in a baby picture and her in a baby picture you're like double taking so like they're obviously just going to look identical to each other so like it terrifies me when she's like going out age i'm like i'm gonna have to do a lot of work when she's like you know 13 yeah. 40 i'm gonna have to restart really working on myself to be like you know don't punch anyone like don't threaten anyone um <laughs> So, yeah, I think there's, you know, but you, like you take in information from so many different people. Like I remember having a really long conversation with her dad about like, 
you know, does he, does he regret anything with any of the kids? If you know, like pushing too hard and then pushing them over the edge into something that he wanted, you know, like that. There's so much of that kind of stuff where you kind of learn on the job of it, I guess, as well. But like, I think the fact, to be honest, I think the fact that she's a girl made me way more hands on because I wanted to be really like my dad wasn't really that involved because like he's a farmer and I don't know what American farmers are like, but Irish farmers are those grunt one word answer like, yeah. you know, that type. I remember when I was uh, like seven, six, um, I fell into. Have you got nettles in America? You surely do. Do you, do you call them nettles? They're like nettles. leaves that sting you. No, nope. <laughs> okay. a bug. They're like plants, like weeds, but they've got like little stingers on them. So like if you touch them, you yeah. get like little white dots on your hand. And it's like, like little like thorns. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't stick into you. It just stings you. It's like a bee sting. Like a like it gives you like a rash. I don't know if we have those. Kind of like poison ivy, I guess, but it's not itchy. It's okay. stingy. Anyway, um, that's weird that you don't have them. God, I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, I fell into a massive pile of them and I was like red with like I just was in so much pain. And I remember going inside and uh, my mom was rubbing like, you know, what's this, that shit you put on, you know, like anti, uh, like antihistamine basically kind of cream or whatever to kind of settle it down. And I, I'll never forget my dad turning around and being like, can you just keep them quiet? The news is on. <laughs> I was like, so I think that stuck with me so much. Now I get on really well with my dad now. Like I love him. He lived with us and he got his hip replaced and, you know, like we yeah. get on really well. Um, I've no hard feelings over it. But like, I think that informed my parenting a lot where I was like, I refuse to be that person, like, you know, um, but yeah, I think the fact that she's a girl, I don't think it changed my personality other than like, I still have no interest in other people's kids. <laughs> I yeah. thought when I'd have a kid, I'd be so like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Like, look how cute they are. And oh, that's cool that they're doing this thing. Whereas like, if someone's talking about their kid, I'm just waiting for a gap. So I can be like, and my kid did a burpee yesterday. Like I told her to do a burpee and she lay down on the ground and then stood up and jumped or like tried to jump. Um, so yeah, I think that's like, I haven't really changed that much, but geez, I was like a fucking psychologist session. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could bring all that out. But no, I, I agree that like, you're really only focused on your kids when you have oh, yeah. a kid. But I think the thing that has changed the most, and I don't know if you feel the same way is before if I like saw a video of like, a young kid who had cancer and they went through some stuff and then they got better. Like it used to be like no big deal to me, but like, I see stuff like that now, like kids are going through stuff and they're like, it like, we have to do something in my heart. I'm like, Oh, I'm, why am I so sensitive? Like, yeah. because you envision it being your own kid and it's like, you can't imagine that. So I feel like that's I, I was listening to a podcast about um, stranger danger. That was like a huge thing in the States when like you were like a kid Um. And they were talking about how it was like essentially baseless that there was like no that like they worked out the numbers and there was so few like the chances of you being kidnapped by a stranger were so minute that there was like there was no logic at all for what and it was essentially like uh, they worked out that it was like Catholic conservatives um, had this urge which was coming from a good place to protect kids like and to make sure they were protected. And that's where like the just say no, which just makes no sense. Like where that campaign started from and where the stranger dangers. And like, when you look back at them, it's like, what was that? But like, yeah. it's that preying on parents' fears. Like they, they used to put kids like uh, pictures on milk cartons. And like every morning yeah, yeah. you're pouring your cereal, you're like, 
oh shit there's a kid missing that could be my kid and like yeah. you know all that like it's just there's so much of that stuff in society where it just preys on that feeling that you have when you watch those videos of like oh god what if that happens to my kid yeah. i need to do yeah. something to protect them um yeah so I, yeah it, do, it definitely just changed in that respect or even i was uh out and about earlier on and sloan's like one and a half and she's kind of babbling talking a little bit one funny thing actually she did today which is like i know you don't like hearing about other people's kids but this is actually funny so we have two, we have two dogs right um a schnauzer and a pug and the pug is just a moron uh but the schnauzer is like really nice and she loves the schnauzer and she always calls her by her name she always calls her flow or a ver- like she says like foe like the version of it up until today she's called so the pug is called frank and up until today she's just called him dog right <laughs> so she'll say flo she knows her grandparents dog's name she'll say flo she'll say bonnie she'll say dog like every time without fail today out of nowhere with like no prelude to it nobody hinted at it, nothing she just took to calling him barry <laughs> so, i don't even know if she's ever heard the word barry before but she just pointed out i was like barry that much that, that i'm just gonna make up a name for you yeah just ridiculous but yeah we, like so she, that's the kind of talking she's doing like one word stuff but we were in town and there was a kid like about a year and a half older than her who was like at a, a more regressed stage of speech than sloan is and the whole time we were there all i was thinking of like god he's so lucky that like and then it got me thinking of all the other stuff that could go wrong or all the other yeah. like difficulties you could have and it's Go just, down this rabbit hole oh man but it was a nice rabbit hole because it was like yeah. thank god like none of that stuff has happened like that she's fine and everything else it's like yeah it does yeah. it messes with your head in good and bad ways hey, i think you got healthy healthy kids you, you know not much is better than that yeah um so you alluded to it earlier on um you had a, a brief uh what would you call it psychological break um and you decided to back squat uh 500 pounds and run a sub five minute mile in the same day um and basically broke the internet for like a week last year where it was all anyone was talking about um why um why well i heard about that challenge, I guess, that David Castro put out in his book, being at Krypton with Ben, like we were very in tune to anything that was going on across the world. And, you know, we, we heard about that. And I've always had good endurance from being a soccer player. And I've run a sub five minute mile in my past. Granted, it was in like high school, but I've done that. And just with our training, we feel that the back squat is a, like a huge foundational movement in CrossFit. So like at Krypton, we've been back squatting twice a week for eight years and so that's been pretty built up for me and when that came out i was like if anybody can do this i can do it like in my head i thought that now granted at the time we're training for regionals training to compete and like we never really had time to like maybe dial in those two things and put it together and do it in a day and really have a good go at it um so right when he announced in 2018 fun fact I actually attempted it and I overtrained for it and I got injured. Um, I got close. I ran a 517 mile and hit a 500 pound back squat. Um, but I had to shut it down. I had bad plantar fasciitis. I'm a bigger guy. I'm usually sit around 215 pounds or so. So running that fast around the track is not good for my feet. Um, but then two, I guess what, two years went by yeah. and COVID happened. And 
no sports, no competition, nothing to train for anymore. And I'm the type of person where I need, I need a goal. I need something to train for. Like I don't do well, just like working out to try to look good to, mm-hmm. you know, like not, I don't like to just go to the gym for my fitness. Like I, I need something to work towards. So when that happened, not a lot going on, no competitions. I was going to the, what, Asbury Park sanctional and that got canceled which was the last one so i was like hopeful still training and then like last minute it i think i was like the last person training those people for that competition so i was like "Ah, i need something we're in our garage most of the time so being at home and in a garage running and squatting was very easily success was very easily accessible Mm. you could run on on the road or at a track and i had a squat rack so I just really started to squat and run a little extra. And what I did is I tested what I could hit within an hour. So I ran a mile, just as like a baseline. So it was like a 543 and hit a 485 back squat. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna train for three months or so and and like give it a real go. And so that's what I did. And as I got closer, I started to document it a little more because again, last time I got injured, so it was in the back of my mind. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to put too much out there right now, just because who knows how this is going to go. I hate to like put it into the world and it doesn't, it doesn't happen. So um, I knew that if I wanted to do well in these two aspects that I needed to like seek out people who were better than me. So got a running coach when I ran the mile, I had a pacer. Um, so I just, Again, I, I gave like a 90% effort attempt and I got pretty darn close. So I, I knew I had it in me if I had a pacer and I just went for it. And I will say when I hit that, honestly, it was just perfect timing. I don't think it would have blown up if CrossFit was in the state that it was in. Cause this was like during the, like right after the Glassman stuff. Um, and everything like the whole CrossFit community was in shambles. So I think there was a weird, like dead. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was like stuff was dead. So I think the fact that it happened, it like, it like gave everybody something to root for, for the time being when we were all bored at home and you know, who we we didn't know if CrossFit was ever going to be around again. I mean, you know, with COVID and everything or how long it was going to be. So I honestly think it was just perfect timing. And I kind of attributed to that over anything else. What was the hardest um, part? Like, obviously, it's a big squat and it's a quick run. But like, was there other, did other surprising difficulties spring up throughout, do you think? Um, confidence was huge. I would literally have days where I was training and I was like, oh, no problem. I can hit this. And then I would fail a 490-pound back squat the next day and be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm I, I've gotten too weak from all this running. I can't squat 500 pounds. So like, I think I'm going to squat 490 and run 0.9 of a mile. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like, I, I think the mental side of that training, as I got like three and then two weeks out from attempting it was pretty grueling. I also don't like what training for anything does to me in terms of like my family life, because I put like that on, over my family, which I, I never like to do, but it's like when you're working towards a goal like that, whether it's training for a competition or working towards a goal, it's like, you gotta be a little bit selfish in, in some capacity. And I just hate when like 
I'm totally consumed with what I'm doing athletically and personally because, because it's selfish. Like I don't like who I turn into. So that was tough too. Um, and that, so you, you said like, yeah, the day before yesterday, last week, um, that you're going to do it again. Um, is that, is that just to do it fast? Like, is that to, is it to decrease, is it to decrease the time it takes in its entirety or is it to decrease the time it takes to do the run or like as in i know you said you want to do it faster but i'm like is it the run specifically that you want to do faster or is it like you want less time cumulatively do you know what i mean i want the run faster okay and the squat and the squat heavier so here's my reasoning is there a rule for how long like do you literally like drop the bar and run out the door no within 24 hours okay so when i did it the first time i ran it in the morning and squatted in the afternoon okay so i had a couple hours in between but um growing up try it someday like back to back like drop. i know i that would be that would be really tough i'd say you just rip a hamstring or something within like two seconds man because i man i ran that mile and i couldn't do anything for like two three hours after like i was i mean i was hurting um i don't know it might be something to try squat first and like because it'd be so cool if you could if you're facing the door right if you had those you know those racks that are yeah. like separated. They don't have a bar going across. So you do your squat, flip it off your back and run. run. And the pace is just waiting at the door for you. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other level. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I decided to do this again growing up. We always had like book fairs in elementary school and I would always love to get like the Guinness book of world records okay. and look through the Guinness book of world records. So in the fitness space, people gain popularity and I'm not, that's not why I'm doing this, but it's like, you got to kind of find your, your niche in the fitness space. Um, and when like, there's so many CrossFitters and I'm not a games athlete. Like I, I kind of found my thing outside of being a semi-professional athlete, I guess. But I always wanted to have a record in the Guinness book of world records. Like I thought it'd be cool. Like I thought it'd be cool for somebody to pick up a book and see my name for a record in the Guinness book. So with this new job, I'm really only training in the morning uh, when I wake up before the kids get up and before I go to work and I don't have a ton of time. And again, I needed something to train for. I just got finished competing. So again, easily accessible. I have an assault runner in my garage. I can also use the road and I have a rack with a bunch of weights. So that's where my training's kind of shifted and focused to right now. I'm actually, I've only been doing it a week, um, but it like, it allows me to like bring the intensity back to my training and purpose I guess. Above, above anything else. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm doing it for me, for my training and my mental state. Like when I feel like I can have some intensity in a workout and I feel like my fitness is progressing day in and day out. Um, like mentally, it just helps my mood. Like it, it improves my time with my family because I'm content where I'm headed athletically. Um, so the intent is to do it again. The intent is to get it in the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, you know, you can get into that by um, growing your fingernails and stuff as well. Yeah, like weird stuff. <laughs> I know I could do, I could probably do way easier things to try to get in there. Um, there's some there's some really stupid stuff in that book. There, like there is, you know, like how many, I don't know, fucking ping pong balls can you stick in yeah. your mouth or whatever? But like, yeah. I I followed the account recently 
obviously because I want to try to do this and like post came up like dude with the longest ear hair. <laughs> and they, they give it to like I'm like oh, cool like that's as if he's gross. consciously like straining to <laughs> like sprouting hairs yeah come yeah. on follicles <laughs> yeah so is that um, and then you mentioned there that when you were doing it the last time and with other aspects of your training you got a bit like uh railroaded I suppose or uh tunnel visioned is that like are you kind of trying to be more aware of that this time or are you accepting that yeah. like okay it'll happen but it's only until the kids get up yeah, exactly. So I'm viewing it as like, that's my time in the morning and I can be selfish with that time. And I've been very conscious to put that time to where it's not really affecting the rest of the family, but I'm like, all right, I get an hour, I get to focus, I get to be selfish. And then I got to give it up and let it go and focus on my family and my job the rest of the day. Um, but too, I, I said, if I'm going to do this again, I don't, I don't just want to hit the five and 500 or, you know, just squeak those numbers out. Like, I'd like to make it a little bit more untouchable for people. So I think since I've done it, two other people have hit a sub five minute mile on a 500 bat back squat. So like I'm setting a goal of like, I'd love to run like 445 and hit a 525 back squat. And really like, okay. I would just love to, I, I truly just want to see like where human potential lies. Like Castro just kind of picked those numbers because they look nice on paper. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm curious like where, where I can truly push myself. You'd add in a, in a third thing. I got to put a third thing in? You could, I'm just saying. Because then yeah, no one would right. touch it. The first, the first one was Castro put in 50 unbroken pull-ups, which then at the time when, we, when you did it, any like decent level CrossFitter could do 50 unbroken pull-ups. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe throw in like 30, 30 muscle-ups or something, 30 bar muscle-ups. Yeah. I don't know. God, we could really break it if we went down this road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think it needs a third thing, to be fair. I'm just saying if you I want to make I don't it untouched. I, I, don't, I, don't think I'm gonna, I don't think I'm going to do a third thing when I do it this next time. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's crazy to me that it's even possible. So, um, well, it, it seems impossible to me at this point. Too, yeah. But we're going to give it a go. Yeah. Um, you, so we've talked there about how you, um, you had another child and you started a new job and you moved house and you, you know, the easy thing to do there is to take a step back and be like, right, screw this. I'm like, you know, going to take it easy. But then you turned up at Mac. Um, so how was that weekend? Like you mentioned there a couple of seconds ago or a couple of minutes ago, you said, I just got done competing. Did you mean like I'm out? Or did back. you mean like for this year? Well, I don't know. I don't know yet. We'll see. So I, I honestly went into this year competitively. We all just got out of COVID. Everybody's been training sporadically in the garage. Nobody knew where anybody was at comparatively to other people yeah. around. So like I went into the open and I didn't do great. I'm a bigger guy. I didn't have a great performance on the wall walks. I mean, I did fine, but comparatively and stacked up, like I think I finished like 2000 in the u.s in the open like nothing to brag about oh. again quadruple figures is something to it's, brag about when you're talking it's to me all, it's, it's all relative but i mean coming from in in the past years the 2018 i was like you know 140th in the world yeah so um nothing to brag about and i was honestly like well i don't think i'm gonna make it to semifinals or anything like that but you know that put me in the quarterfinals and for the quarterfinals, you had to submit two workouts 
every 24 hours. And the first two workouts came out and I did them and I was like, well, I'm going to submit these and I'm either going to be a thousandth or I'm going to like be in contention. And so I think the rest of my season like heavily depended on where those two workouts that stacked up to me because I knowing myself, like if I was in a thousandth place, like, all right, that's a wash. I'm not in contention. I'm, you know, my season's done. Yeah. I ended up being like 220th and they were taking the top 120. So I was like, okay, I got a fighting shot. And then the next two workouts just happened to be good for bigger dudes. It was the four at Mac front squat and then the rowing and the wall balls. And that set me, I was like 60th place after that. And then I hung in there for the last one. And so I really like went into the, that season, just like not knowing what was going to happen, where I was going to stack up. And I, and again, I put no pressure on myself and the quarterfinals really just ended up going in my favor. And I felt like I was kind of playing with house money after that. Like I was just going to the Mac to have fun I've been saying it for the past couple of years, but like every year I compete now, like I view it as like, it could be my last. So I really just try to enjoy the moment and like not stress about any one event in particular and take them all one at a time. And I have to say this year was really cool because that would have been my ninth year competing in a, in that semifinal or regional level. Mm. So I remember walking into regionals my first and second year and just like seeing the people that have been there like seasoned seasoned athletes and like the respect that they would have and it was really cool walking in there um side note really cool that ben was in that one also so i had just left ben for you know i was gone for a month and a half and then i got to see him again and compete next to him which was which was awesome um but like walking into that arena and like having the respect of all the competitors like kind of like I was a seasoned athlete was really, really cool. And I really tried to enjoy that moment. I think people gained an appreciation for me for that mile and back squat and mm. just being able to accomplish something like that. So well, you've been to the games too. I mean, you've, <laughs> did I, have I been to the games? You're not on Krypton in like 19 though. Was I? Oh, you like a stand in. I was the alternate. Oh, I'm sorry. So I get the CrossFit Games badge on my profile, and everybody thinks I'm a CrossFit Games athlete. Yeah, I was, at, I, was at, I was at home watching it on TV. Well, there's a little splinter in my research. Ah. <laughs> Fucking CrossFit website. Stupid, giving you false information. Yeah, no, I, I, was... I was the I was the alternate. Um, Alec and Cody didn't get hurt before the game, so I just hung out at home. And yeah. I say I hung out. I, I coached more classes because I raised up the games, but yeah, with like a really tense jaw because you were yeah. like, I almost made it. <laughs> I almost did nothing to make the games, and then I almost made it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I almost did, got I a free not, ticket. I did nothing to qualify the team, but I almost <laughs> made it. <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, it was it was actually great. I remember I I messaged you when you were going out, and it was actually great. Uh, it's one thing I've loved about doing this is I got this weird, uh, not ownership is the wrong word, but like sense of investment from people. Cause I've like spoken to people or like, yeah. you know, communicated with people where I'm like, Oh, I know that guy or like, Oh, I've spoken to them or whatever. So it is cool watching those competitions. Cause it's like, Oh, there's Adam. And it's like, we said each yeah. other like four messages, but I'm like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's my friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you said it now. Can't take it back. Yeah, you're, you're, we're friends now, forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, look, we'll, uh, we'll finish with a quick fire. Um, so I've got mainly either or. Um, so assault bike or echo? Assault bike. Um, ski or row? Uh, that's one's tough. I'll go row. Uh, deadlift or squat? Squat. It has to be now, I guess. Um, yeah, all right, side note. I know this is rapid fire, but all these people doing the 500-pound deadlift in the mile, I want everybody to know that that is not equivalent to the 500-pound back squat in the mile. <laughs> okay, carry, carry on. PSA. <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, <laughs> uh, pistols or handstand push-ups? Oh, oh pistols. Uh, sprint or a long run? Sprint. Would you consider the 500 and whatever yard sprint at the games, would you consider that a sprint? Yes. Yeah, I consider long, it a slow Long, dog. I'm thinking like 5K or more. That's long to me. So anything under 5K is a sprint? Yeah. What? Yeah. Like four kilometers is not a sprint. Yeah. You're, you're pushing. Anything over a 5K, you're like, I again, at a higher level like you're anything over 5k you've got to like pace your yeah pace yourself purposefully yeah anything under that i feel like you're 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 just pushing the tempo yeah you've mistakenly used you a lot there like you're like you're talking directly to me and it's like you doesn't know how i run anything under a 5k you should be pushing the tempo you (laughs) um okay men's champ 2021 Cole Sager. Okay. I was not expecting that answer. But I guess he's with BPN, isn't he? He is, but I've seen even even if you I'll I'll can I go two? It's gonna be Cole Sager or Scott Panchik. Is that the experience thing, do you think? I think it's a combination of experience. I think it's a combination of them just being in a really good place in life, both of them having a kid and having to overcome adversity just with having a kid. And I think like we were talking about before, it's put a greater emphasis on making the most of their time training. And I just see, I think, I think one of those guys will win Scott Panchek or Cole Sager. I would put money that both are on the podium this year. That's cool. God, I feel, I think, I actually think I haven't mentioned them in one single conversation. I need to reevaluate everything I've been saying. They both crushed the. I know, but like. How can you count them out? Uh, there's just so many glamour people. That's what <laughs> I'm guess, saying. I'm like a magpie. Yeah. I get so people, people like, people like the, the glamour people, yeah. the people. Cole with Sager's, all the he's, but... he's another one where, similar to you, I'd say for the last nine months, it's been like can you give me a week? And they're like, oh, yeah. and then he had his kid and, you know, fair enough. Um, but yeah, he's he's coming on after the games, I think, apparently. Well, I've said oh, it now, oh. so he asked it because I painted him into a dude. corner. I'll put the word in his ear. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, athlete you'd most like on BPN that isn't there now. Ooh, am I allowed to say that? You can say it and I'll take it out if you realize afterwards that you shouldn't say it. <laughs> Athlete I most want on BPN. Does it have to be a CrossFit athlete? No. Oh, okay. Have you got any Olympians? Uh, uh, yeah, but he got injured. Well, previous. So we signed him and then he got injured and he can't race this year. Evan Jagger. Oh. Um, man, that is a Like if I had my pick of anybody. Because there's obviously people that 
like you just know that you're never going to get or out of reach or yeah, like yeah. aren't necessarily worth the money so it's like you don't think of them from you've got uh, have you got like a european um I don't, the exclusively I'll, states I'll, I'll put this out I'll, I'll put this out into the world uh, rich running put it out there okay okay it's ballsy i like it that's why i said it um is there is is the company's like solely usa based Yes, but we're expanding. We do ship to other countries and we're working with distributors in other countries right now too. It's so that all that stuff and we can get into this. We'll, we, we won't, but um, you have to deal with each country and their customs individually when it comes to shipping. Oh, because it's products. like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it must be easier in the EU though, is it? Is it not like a yeah. blanket rule? We have a, we have a distributor over there because we can't, we can ship everything except our whey protein. Because it's, oh. Because it's dairy. Just gonna say, is that because it's milk? The, rule, so the rules are weird. Like every country's yeah. got their own set of rules. So that's weird. Yeah, we we are we are expanding globally, and that's why we chose to go informed sport for our banned substance testing, so we can expand yeah. globally. Yeah, that's clever. Um, but if you're ever looking for a, a before picture for your ambassadors, um, know who to call, right? Um, listen. Thanks a million uh, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, I really enjoy chatting to you. You're like, I'm, I'm delighted you're as nice as I thought you'd be. Um, that was, it was great. It was a fun chat. Uh, I think what you've achieved so far in and off, uh, on and off the competition floor, whether it's the, the run and squat or, you know, regionals, Mac, everything else or alternate at the games um, and then your family and stuff. I, like, it's remarkable what you've done. Um, I think I see... CrossFit Games written over your head there. So I assume you're heading there next week, are you? Yep, that's next on the board. I'll be, yeah, I'll be there all, all week. I'm actually coaching uh, a master's athlete, Laura Nielsen, who's oh, in cool. the 40 to 44 division. I used to coach her and program for her. So she'll so kick I'll off on Monday, is it? Uh, she goes to, I'll get there Monday, but she starts on Tuesday. Okay. The masters okay. are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then it'll be, it'll be nice. I think Ben and I are actually sharing a bed. He's coaching Laura Horvath. Uh, yeah. so we'll, we'll get to reunite, which would be awesome. Not sure that requires you to share a bed, but okay. I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, called listen, me up and he, he asked if we could, he could crash and I'm already with three other three dudes. So I was like, I mean, I got another side of my bed. <laughs> um, well, listen, enjoy, um, best of luck to your athlete as well. And, um, yeah, it has been great. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, thanks man. I appreciate it.